Yes, 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 people. We're back again. Raps on TV, talking the best in boxing, letting the music play out as we do. Uh, so it's Tuesday, fresh out, fresh out of work for me. Um, and Lirafi's living a big life. Um, but yeah, we're out here in London. Uh, looking forward to talk about boxing. I had a busy weekend. Uh, very active in terms of being out on the scene and getting back and watching some boxing late night. Uh, lots of developments while we was out. So I think it was a really good sort of London boxing night. And um, what would you say, Rafi? And I should say I'm here with my co-host, Rafi. Yeah, cheers for that, Coach. It was fantastic evening of boxing. And um, I think that um, in spite of the entertainment, it was a little bit short-lived. And I yeah. thought that aside from the main event, that was sort of the common theme throughout the evening. Mm. But nevertheless, a very good night of boxing. Yeah, I mean, even the, the Richards fight, which was, again, short-lived, yeah. um, but <laughs> was entertaining, you know, because there was knockdowns in every single round. So I definitely understand your perspective. But yeah, it was definitely good. Saw some announcements as well. So guys, listen... Always, always want to say a big, big thank you to everyone that supports week in, week out, whether it's calls, whether it's reposting, whether it's liking on all of the social media outlets. Um, we love that um, and continue to do that because 2019, we're definitely looking to go hard in the bank, as they say. So, guys, listen, um, going to dive into the agenda. So, really, uh, the agenda this week is, um, and I should say... Um, because that is quite important. Uh, we do have a special guest this week. So this week we will be joined by none other than Chris Eubank Jr. ahead of his fight against James DeGale over in the London O2 on February the 23rd. So really looking forward to getting uh, some insight of how training's been for him, what he's been since, you know, the McDonough fight, which was in obviously Abu Dhabi but, or, or Dubai, but previously it was a George Groves fight, how he's working with Nate Vasquez. Really looking forward to kind of dive into some questions and, and hear, hear what he's got to say to himself. Very articulate young man. We should also be joined uh, very last minute, but nonetheless very much wanted. Uh, Craig Richards. Uh, Craig Richards, who won on Saturday, beating Jake Ball by a third round stoppage. Uh, has moved up to light heavyweight. It's been a very interesting last 12 months for that young man. And um, looking forward to kind of talk with him about his ability to win that WBA Intercontinental belt. Obviously, on the Saturday night, we had um, Kovalev versus Alvarez. That was part two. Rematch. Everybody felt it was going to go Alvarez's way. I did too. I thought Kovalev was a drunkard. That was it. <laughs> but he, 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 he made his way back into it. So, yeah, he won that fight. We'll, we'll touch on that. Also, my, my, my Neho, my, my compatriot, uh, Richard Comey, finally wins a world title at the third time of asking. Great performance, second round knockdown, so again, short fight, um, but great performance against Chaniev, a much sort of feared Russian, but he showed what us Ghanaians do. We've got that power, baby, um, and then this weekend we're talking about Gavonta Tank Davis versus Ruiz. Ruiz steps in for Abner Mahrez, who's had an eye injury uh, in the last two weeks, um, and we will be discussing other boxing news from here on inwards. But Rafi, straight back to you. Yeah. What did you make of Saturday night and what was your pick of the fights? I thought Saturday night um, across the board was very good. In terms of individual fights, I felt that, I mean, the highlight for me had to be the main event, not yep. just because it went the full rounds, but because mm -hmm. of the quality of opponents yep. on uh, either side of the ring. But it was, um, I think it was a development night. I think that's the best way of putting things mm -hmm. and in that regard. Because for someone like Lawrence Sokoli, Felix Cash, to get that exposure, and it's mm -hmm. just a building process. It's a yep. building block process and... You know, they won't be winning titles against those sort of guys, but, yeah, you know, it's part of the process, as they yeah, say. Yeah, And I guess, really, you know, that's the next crop of fighters coming through. So, yeah, you know, we're going to see them in first-round knockouts. It it, it happens. Um, so I think the key thing there is um, uh, just being able to... Ooh, one minute. 
yeah, just being able to, um, uh, just being able to, uh, just being able to sort out some technical difficulties there. Uh, one minute. Can you do it from here? Or? Uh, there you go. Just do it. I'll do it from here. Yeah. All right, guys. So we're going to keep on going because on one platform, we are live. Uh, that's still yeah, yeah, that's still yeah. So we're still recording. Um, and for anybody dialed in, just stay, stay patient with us. Um, that's not that's not good. But yeah, Rafi, remind me what was you saying because the technical hitch. Yeah, um, I think it would be a good idea to go through the fights as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so starting with, uh, there was a chap called Dan Zaxa, one of the early cards. Um, I saw a bit of interaction with him on the Instagram page. Seems to be one of the prospects coming through. I yeah, think yeah. cruiserweight, heavyweight division. I'm not sure. What did you? I mean, we did probably didn't watch that fight, but seems like he done well. Yeah, it was a building block. Um, yeah. I think it's fair to say that across the board, but mm-hmm. I think it's probably a bit more um, important someone like Felix Cash or Lawrence Acoli at this yeah. stage of their careers because they're on the fringe of that domestic uh, frontier. Of course, yeah. And obviously, as a platform to then catapult to the next level, European, yes. yeah. this is essential. This is essential, yeah. And then you're looking at... Because um, I saw the Felix Cash, that was the first fight that I watched, actually. So, yeah, watching that, um, really strange, like straight... was really a straight knockout. Um, I didn't <laughs> think it was going to be that easy. Um, but Felix Cash has been working hard, you know, behind the scenes, he's doing a lot of good work. Um you can't really talk about what he displayed that night because, you know, as a boxer, um, the opponent wasn't one of the biggest yeah. challenges. So really, it was kind of like, use your hook, use your jab, and you kind of got him out there. Um, so I don't think there was much dis- on display. Um, but I think, you know, like you said, he's he's, he's, he's able to catapult himself to the next stage. I think it's also worth noting that he did actually get caught a couple of times. Nothing mm. concussive. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and he wasn't the only one either, I thought. Um Similar things happened uh, in Lawrence Cody's fight as well. He took a couple of shots, yes. but as I said, you know, that's part of the process. Exactly. It's better to take them now yeah. as opposed to, you know, uh, world-level guys. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so for me, um, after that you had, um, who was? We had um, Felix Cash, Lawrence Cody, and then, of course, Craig Richards against yes. Jake Ball. You know, that was a fantastic display by Craig Richards on Saturday. Yeah. And um, I think he's sort of been put... Um, at quite a disadvantage in that regard, based on the fact that people sort of took the Buglioni loss at face value, not realising that Craig had taken that on five days' notice. Yeah. And um, he gave a really good account of himself, and to some extent, um, I think that without that Buglioni loss, he wouldn't have done as well as he would have on Saturday. So I think that was imperative and part of the process. And obviously, yeah. now he's um, campaigning against the other... Uh, light heavyweights in the division domestically and he's right in the mix I yeah. mean there's obviously Anthony Yard Josh Buatzi Callum Johnson sitting top of the tree because mm. of the opponents they fought yeah. and um, through the hype trains that are pushing them but mm. there's no reason as to why um, that big three domestically can't expand to a big four off the back of Craig Richards' fantastic display on Saturday evening Yeah and I think uh, you know you kind of hit the nail on the head there um, in regards to uh, the domestic level. Um, I mean, I do think um, <clears throat> uh, it's, it's going to be really tough, but I think there's some big fights we can make. They can really make some 
you know, interesting fights for him. I mean, hundred percent. You just got to look at, like you say, you say Yard, um, but then obviously Batsy's the, the the other big name in that division, um, and even the others. Then I was going to say the Burtons, yeah. yeah the Burtons, so for yeah. for me, it's going to be interesting. I mean, he's always he's already challenged uh, Buglioni, um, yeah, and he did it. He made it. He done a good account for himself. So on five days' notice, exactly. You know, but exactly. people at face value are oh, it's still an L's an L, but on yeah. five days' notice, exactly. And Frank Buglioni was a domestic champion, so. Onwards and upwards for Craig Richards, most definitely. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, so, yeah, so for me, um, yeah, we really need to uh, just see what's next. Um, I was really impressed with uh, the way Craig... I mean, it was really interesting watching <clears throat> um, watching him... Um, uh, for the password. Yeah, um, um, watching him stopping because... It, the first round was quite it was quite cagey, you know. Jake Ball was it showing was, a bit yeah. of hand speed, yeah, yeah. Um, and they were kind of just facing off each other, you know, nif- like shifting, shifting. Yeah, yeah. Jake Ball was coming in, and then all of a sudden he just came in and went bam. Um, it was really evenly poised, and yeah. I think that if anything, for myself, I had Jake Ball edging those rounds very slightly. There wasn't a lot in it, yeah. And then um, you get out of jail, wild card, yeah. as they say. Um, he pulled it out of the bag, Craig Richards. Exactly. And then he did it again. And that's the thing. He showed a lot of maturity as well because a lot of guys would have just jumped on Jake Ball in the first round after putting him down. He waited. He waited. The second round came through. Again, he put him down and the onus wasn't on him to finish it there and then. Mm-hmm. Craig wanted to show that he can break someone down systematically, not yeah. um, um, show immaturity in that regard and just go all guns blazing unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, I think he showed he showed great uh, ability there because if you think he's come up from super middleweight, yeah, um, and we will get into to, to, to Jake Paul, but I think he's come up from super middleweight. Uh, he's fighting at light heavy, fighting, you know, um, uh, how, how can I say, uh, reasonable caliber guys, um, and he's stepped up. And you got, like I said, Buglioni didn't get stopped. Like I said, short short notice. Jake Ball is preparation. Jake Ball what? Pulled out twice or once, at least at least on I one occasion. And then I just don't remember what happened with the second one. But I just yeah, yeah. And so he's yeah, pulled yeah. out. Um, so Craig Richards clearly is wanting this fight, um, and he's delivered. Um, and he's delivered. I mean, the atmosphere you know that he set up was great. Um, it's fan base too. It's fan base. That's, That's what that I mean. Took me by back because I was oh. in the. Um, Stands in the uh, yeah, mid tier. You say lit tier, but you had good seats. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you, were in, you were ringside mid The best you're going to get for 36 quid, but Fair there you play. go. Yeah. Um, not all of us can have ringside Kojo, but it's the connects. You know, it's the connections. Shout, yeah. out the, shout out to the connects. <laughs> but yeah, so you're right. The fan base was fucking, was fantastic. When he came out of the ring, they totally swamped him, and I thought, yeah, you know what? That fair, fair play. So for me, um, I just hope he can really build on this, and I hope they can manage him well yeah. because you do feel, and I think you may have said this, if not today in the past, we said you really felt for either or it was a crossroads. And because now I'm going to come onto Jake Ball and be like, you know, he's lost third round knockouts, put down in every single round. Yeah, JJ McDonough, he got wiped out in the first completely round completely. That was a yeah. few years ago. So you kind of say to yourself, what's wrong with his chin? If that's the question. Yeah, I mean there are. Um, chin worries there and I think what would make that even more concerning for Jake Ball is, is that and I say this with the greatest of respect to Jake Ball but these are domestic level fighters um, who he's struggling to put a, sorry um, struggling to cope with with regards to power and um, all we can sort of gauge from that is, is that there's a thick glass ceiling embedded upon his progress with regards to um, the levels he operates in boxing and domestically 
I mean, again, it may sound harsh. I wouldn't put Jake Ball in the top six after um, that display on Saturday. I thought a win mm-hmm. would have catapulted him back into the mix along the similar lines to um, Hosea Burton, for example. But now in the absence of that, Craig Richard did fantastically. And I think the onus could also have been on him to have followed in the footsteps of um, the first loss that Jake Ball was inflicted. And when he was put down in the first round, he did, as I said, he showed a lot of maturity. And again, he's 27, Craig Richards. Mm -hmm. And um, for a guy who's 27 to have done that, I mean, we do see it um, with boxers as they mature, but the onus is more in your 30s you're more, less inclined to sort of go on the forefront offensive. So it's fantastic to see that. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it was fantastic to see. Um, and then next up was the... Um, wait, actually, it was the Ward. It, it was the uh, Ward, Ward, Fabio like, Ward. Ward, Fabio yeah. Ward, yeah. What did you make of that? Oh, Mr. Italy. Um, Fabio Wardley. He, um, I thought that, again, it was a building block fight. He got rid of his man in the first round. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I think it's just part of the process, one of those things that had to be done. I think the platform would have been different for Fabio Wardley. Um, boxing on a stage like that isn't a regular occurrence for me, of course. So to have had that exposure on that kind of platform would have done, um, would have um, bode very well for his progress. Yeah, and I think it's quite interesting that he's um, being managed by um, uh, Dylan White. Yeah, most definitely. And Dylan yeah. White seems to have a bit. I think he's going to build a stable. I'd, I'd really be interested. I'll, I'll tell the guys, you know, keep an eye out because I looked. I think he's going to sign a few more more people in the background. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he seemed to be. I mean, what did you make of his performance? Uh, I thought the performance was well. It was a concussive finish, most definitely, and he sort of peppered him until then. Um, not a lot was coming back, but again, that's what you sort of expect from this level of opponent. Mm. With regards to Dillian specifically. Um, that really did um, make things interesting because obviously um, it's public knowledge that all is not well in the matchroom stable at the moment or that's what's been perceived Mm -hmm. by the masses anyway and so you're sort of inclined to think was Dillian there for other reasons maybe to set a precedent that I'm not intimidated mm. or was there um or was that genuinely he was there for Fabio Wardley yeah, who I think knows he was definitely genuinely there for Fabio Ward I mean indeed you know he's a guy that signed to him guy that's trying to promote you could argue it's his first big card um I yeah. know the card wasn't huge but it's his first big card in terms of net televised network so yeah, yeah. you would imagine that's what he would be there to support um so I think that's to be expected um and I know we'll touch on that um slightly in a, in a bit but I think you know if you look at um, uh, White. I think he he kind of made a big statement on Saturday night without fighting. Yeah, you know, and we're going to touch on his interviews, but you know, being there in the ring, how he was composed, how he's managed himself. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. Like I said, I think everyone should keep their eye out for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, Did you see a different side to Dillian, the business face instead of the the um the guy we all know from Brixton who loves smashing people up? Did you see a different side to Dillian, the business face on? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's I no, I didn't. To be fair, thank you for yeah. calling Colin yeah. Studios host and call screener yeah, line. Enter your sick people number. Yeah, so um, no, I didn't. I won't say. I think in his interviews, generally he's calmer, but I think it's the performances, you know. With for me, welcome. Um, you are now in the host room yeah. and can manage yeah, your for me, callers I think, from the call. Um, excuse that, everybody. That's technical technical difficulties. Um, uh, Jesus, I need to do there. Uh, sorry, people. 
we are having as it, it's, it's the rain. <laughs> it's first week of February, so we're there. British weather people. Although saying that is an improvement on snow. Thank you for calling Colin Studio. Welcome, host. You are now in the host room and can yeah, manage so, your um, callers from the call. For me, I do think interface. it's a case of him being um, uh, like more confident because he's getting wins. Yeah, um, he's getting more money. So you get more money. Typically, you get karma. You should do. Um, <laughs> And yeah, I think he's getting love more than anything. And yeah, I remember yeah. seeing this last year at York Hall when he was um, Akoli versus uh, not 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 Chamberlain. Obviously, that was O two. The next yeah, yeah. guy, the the, the Duke Duke Watkins um, between Askin and yeah, yeah, it was Duke Watkins, not Askin. Yeah. It was definitely Duke Watkins. Um, and I remember thinking, oh man, like, it, like he was getting a lot of love. Like he was getting a lot of he love. Was. People were just coming up to him, taking wanting to take pictures. The Hackney faithful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, well, not not Okoli. This is um, Dillian White. I'm saying oh, Dillian sorry, White. Yeah, yeah Dillian yeah. White was getting a lot of love, and I think he has changed. Um, and he's a lot more confident. And I think you know we're gonna that video where you saw him being interviewed and Hearn popped in and like I felt that I thought that was beautiful. I'm gonna be honest because I felt for me there was a dynamic of him saying to Eddie Hearn. Like you're offering us fifty fifty, so we say or sixty forty. So we say, okay, no, we won't, we'll take that. But or we give us fifty fifty, and then in the, then there's no rematch, or we give you fifty fifty, and in a rematch you get this. So we're like, look, just reciprocate. And I think yeah. that's the real issue, you know. Obviously, a big fan of Joshua. I think he's a he's a credit to the sport, but I think that reciprocation thing is becoming an issue because you yeah. can't now say I fight you. You got three belts. I got one belt. You get 60%, I get 40%. I say, if I win now and I've got four belts, you should only be taking, um, uh, You should. it should be the same. So if you took 60 in the first round, fight, yeah. I should do the same. And it's kind of like, no, I only 50-50. And it's like, you're not going to get any deals done on that because you want a clear, yeah. unfavorable hand. And if you think you're so marketable without your belts, which potentially you are, then make money on your marketing do all your commercial deals you do that and uh, and leave that to the rest so yeah I think it's going to be interesting um, but yeah I was very intrigued with that um, and then let's quickly touch on the main fight um, Cheeseman versus Garcia um, yeah. I've got to say um, Rafi Tex and he was like guys I think I think Cheeseman's not going to do this I think you know yeah. Garcia's just going to show levels and yeah he's going to show different type of skill set and I think skill this is just too early for Cheeseman and you got it spot on because it was way too early for Cheeseman, um, ability-wise. You know, being in the arena and you're around, again, his friends, you feel like, yeah, come on, and he's, he's hunting him down, but, man, he just got outworked. Yeah, I think, and I say this with the greatest of respect to Ted Cheeseman as well, because I think he showed a lot of heart in that fight, mm-hmm. and that's something that really goes under the radar. Yeah. Um, I felt that, at times, he did break through, yeah. but it was very short-lived, the success. Two punches would get in, and then when looking to go forward on yeah to go forward on um the uh front foot again mm. it would sort of be neutralized because Garcia would use his movement and weaving in and out yeah and it was weird because sometimes Garcia would just stand in front of him but not do anything yeah he would just stand in front of him and Cheeseman couldn't land or if he did land it wasn't powerful enough i think there was one round i think everybody's round is always the seventh but i think it was a six between 6 and 8 or 6 7 and 8 there was one round where Cheeseman really came on and you felt he might get a stoppage because he was connecting quite well. But 
again, the, 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 the issue of being in the arena is that, you know, you surround, I was surrounded by a bunch of Bermondsey boys, so they're all cheese men, <laughs> like no doubt. And it was literally, um, when he hit him, I think with an uppercut or something, they were like, yeah, uh, yeah, but... Yeah, he wasn't really that bad, you know, because I had to re watch it on TV. Of course, like, yeah, it's not actually that bad. So, um, yeah, interesting one, um, interesting one. And guys, just to say, don't forget, we are we do have you, Bank Junior, on the show, uh, calling in. Um, he will be within the next forty, uh, sorry, forty, about our next thirty minutes. So, yeah, if you are listening or you're listening in the future, stay tuned. Um, but yeah, so with Ge- Cheese Man, um, where do you think he goes from here? I think um, it's back to the drawing board. Mm-hmm. Um, he has to reassess. I think he just needs a completely new game plan against that type of level of opposition. Mm-hmm. And building block fights isn't necessarily the answer. Maybe domestic dust-ups against mm-hmm. Anthony Fowler, for example. Mm-hmm. But again, where where is that fight now? Is that a fight before Saturday night? Would that have sold out the O2 Arena? No way. No. Uh, no. No. Even if even if even if Cheeseman had won. It wouldn't have sold out. Have sold out. Um, and so, it, yeah, yeah. And so now it's going to be. If I mean, I think it's the same. I think for me, the thing is with Fowler. I think I think that fight can still be made. I think it's still an interesting fight. I think the sad part was so where I was sitting, um, and I felt it was very interesting. Um, was that all the Olympic boys were there? So Cordina was there. That was um, a nice I mean, touch, yeah. and not even just. I mean, Conor Ben was there, but Cordina was there. Kelly was there. Um, um, Edwards was there. Edwards, Sonny Edwards was also there, um, and obviously Fowler was there. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of like they were all. And I found that quite good because it's like these are the matchroom boys, you know, when they're all there, the stable mates, the stable yeah. mates. Um, but interestingly enough, you obviously have seen, but you saw the running between Josh Kelly and Ben, and that was hilarious because Ben didn't say nothing when Josh Kelly was in front of him, and neither did Josh Kelly. Yeah. But then when there was like three rows in between, he was like, you fucking shut up, you shut up. Yeah, that was a bit of a strange one. I saw that on social media. I didn't actually see it on the night. Yeah, because they were right, like he was right in front of me. So I was like... You are, yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah, you were sitting there with your popcorn. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just like, yep, get me some tea. I'm at the frog. Um, But yeah, so for me, I think that was good. Um, But yeah, for Cheeseman, I think, you know, where does he go from here? I will say, I do like Cheeseman. I respect him. I rate him. Um, I think he showed massive flaws on Saturday night, yeah. um, namely defense. Yeah, you can't you can't come up against European level fighters and, drop and your hands that low. And drop your hands that low. It was, it's ridiculous. And you'd have thought someone in the corner would have said something. It's not even a case of you know the odd punch slips in with your yeah. hands low. It was sort of inviting the shots, but was he wasn't able to be evasive. Continuous. I mean, exactly. And that's what I think where the girl does well is the girl has his hands low, but he does bob and weave a bit so you yeah. can see the movement of his head. Um, yeah, yeah. For me, I felt, nah, not at all with, with Cheeseman. Um, and I like him. I think he can come back, but I don't think, you know, I really, I will be honest, I thought maybe in about four or five years he could win a world title because yeah. um, he's young. Um, but I don't see that happening now. Um, I think he's really going to struggle to do anything of the sort. Was that the case that Sergio Garcia was just that good or Ted Cheeseman was that poor? Because I was really impressed with Sergio Garcia. Yeah, I would say Really Garcia, impressed. Yeah, I think it's it's what you're saying. He was re- he was that good. Um, was Is he the best? And that's the flip side. I think no. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like, look, let's look at the world level, world to like, Where does he, sorry, super world, where did, what does yeah. Garcia do there against Jarrett Hurd? Erislandi Lara. What about Kel Brook? The Kel Brook that faced. I know, I know yeah, you just pulled a face. I'll be yeah, fair no, play. No, no, but I'm thinking yeah, about yeah. it. No, no, no. It's because that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, Kel Brook on the base of his last performance. Yeah, against Garcia. Yeah, against um, 
Um, who did Kel Bray in his... No, Zarafa, you, Zarafa. But yeah, but you think Kel Brook could face, could challenge uh, Garcia? I think that would be a really good, good fight. close fight, but Kel wouldn't take it because there's gonna, no money spinner. Yeah, and I was going to say, exactly, and I mean, everyone's going to say, yeah, that's obvious, but no, we've got to have these types of discussions. Yeah. Um, and I would agree with you, and I think also, even the belt is an interesting... Um, it's the money spinner, dynamic. yeah, they're the interesting, but it could be a money spinner because look, you could potentially fill out some arenas, and now Garcia's just beat Cheeseman in Sky Sports with like wax and lyrical. You imagine when Matchroom do their Spain deal, he will be a part of their fight. So oh, it's 100%, not, it's 100%, not, you know what I mean? It's not implausible. Yeah. I'm sure they kind of put him here to say, yeah, we're going to launch you out to the market. He had a big fan base as well, Garcia, about 200 fans. They weren't quiet. Um, Similar to Usyk, actually, when he was brought when over. When he was brought over, yeah, yeah, exactly. So for me, it's not impossible. Um, but I just like you. I think Kelbrook wouldn't take it because Kelbrook's got one thing. American. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what the thing is? Is that because of how sour a taste that has left in people's mouths? Yeah. They have to be, and when I say they, I mean Matchroom. Yeah. They have to be really careful in who yeah. they pick for Kel next yeah. because another journeyman. Mm. Well, not, was Rafa wasn't a journeyman, mm. but another opponent of that caliber mm, mm. no one's gonna buy yeah, tickets no. forget sky viewers yeah, like no one's gonna buy it, tickets and even i mean even his loyal fans of sheffield might because they want to see something interesting like when it was l yeah. spence that was a big night it was a, a, a big competitor and your man but was it was the champion and maybe uh, ame khan's pulled a mastercard because he's mm. uh, sorry pulled a masterstroke because instead of the world saying Oh, they were too scared to fight each other. Come and fought Crawford. Mm, exactly. If Brooke goes and fights a nobody, it's sort of like, oh, Brooke was always hanging on for. So Amir Khan is. I mean, he's. I mean, Amir Khan definitely pulled a master. I think that's the puppet master Khan. Yeah, I think. But <laughs> the problem is, I think he has burnt a bridge for himself because Matram, if you, you know, and this is just me being honest, like Hearn wasn't at the press conference. Yeah. New York or London. I don't believe he's going to be at the fight because they're looking at announcing another fight that night for one of their UK fighters. So if that happens, he's definitely not going. Would you, win. if you're in his position? Um, yeah, I guess I can see why he's got a bit of a sour taste because like yeah. the third fight of the three contract deal you gave him, he's fighting Crawford. He's got no chance of not being bad against him in combat. Do you know what I mean? Realistically, he's got no chance of winning. So yeah, I, I definitely see your point. Um, I just think it's business, though, isn't it? Um, and I think an end day to, I'm not saying rub shoulders, but you've engaged with top rank. I would say go, but yeah, I think you know he's 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 not interested because he, I guess he does. He, he the same point. It's like, and that's going to be sad for me because once you know he wins that the fight takes place, he loses in the change room. You know, typically your promoter is there or whatever. Like, okay, he's going to have his family, but he's not really going to have a promoter, and everyone will say, "What's next?" And it's like. I'll see what's out there. So that's yeah. that's going to be interesting. But, you know, I see Tom's on the line. So let's quickly open it up for Tom. Let's get his thoughts. So, Tom, how are you doing, sir? How you doing, boys? Not bad. Not, not too bad, bad man. How about yourself? Yeah, good, man. I've been listening to uh, from the, well, from about 10 minutes ago. I just got in the door. So no I was about to stick the cat, about to stick the cat along, but got priorities. So. Yeah, no worries, no worries. So what's on your mind, mate? Yeah, no, to be honest, Rafi um, hit the nail on the head there. Uh, his prediction was spot on. I just um, want to kind of raise one point is about the uh, the gulping class from British to European level. I mean, a lot of people nowadays think that once a fighter wins the British title, that the the jump up in class to uh, to European fringe level is an easy ride. It's not. Obviously, we've seen with uh, Cheeseman on the weekend, uh, very technically, technically sound fighter, but mm. I think Garcia boxed superbly. 
Uh, we saw it with Skeet against uh, Lagarga uh, for the European. Uh, we saw it with Ritson against Patera. And it's been kind of a recurring theme, really, about British fighters climbing up to the European class. And I just think there is yeah. a massive golfing class. And I think Akoli could be the same if he faces a Masternak uh, for the European title. That can be a challenging fight. So I just think the um, the golfing class, um, I'm not necessarily uh, saying that Cheeseman was underprepared uh, yeah. or that it was at the wrong stage of his career. I just think there is um, that kind of leap that fighters probably aren't equipped for at this stage of their career so that's probably all i could um assess from the weekend but yeah no great show and uh great coverage as always from you guys appreciate it man and um you touched on recently that domestic level fighters have really struggled in that transition to the next level with regards to ched cheeseman specifically is there a thick glass ceiling that he hit on saturday night or how do do you see oh sorry you go on no, 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 go on, finish your question, sorry. No, I was going to say, um, how do you see him coming back, or do you think he's hit the thick glass ceiling and that's as far as it goes? Um, well, I think 15 fights in, um, you kind of need fighters to be, not necessarily fast-tracked too quickly, but they do need tests. Um, I think the Carson Jones fight was a tough fight in terms of a learning fight, he needed that. Yeah, um, yeah, but I 100%. think just Garcia, like to be honest, I think a lot of people have said it as well, ringside, um, I wasn't at the fight, so I'm not too sure um, exactly how the uh, the fight uh, played out. But um, yeah, no, I think Garcia is nothing special. Like he does everything well, but there's no kind of um, star quality there. He's just a very technically sound fighter, similar to Cheeseman. But he was just able to go through the gears a lot quicker. He was uh, able to establish his jab um, a lot quicker. Keep uh, Cheeseman um away from you know close range yeah um and cheeseman i think just walked onto far too many shots for his own good um his hands were like low um and he was just using his face really as a as a deterrent and it was kind of uh i mean i'm I'm glad that the fight you know wasn't um well i mean it could have been stopped way earlier um it maybe they could have thrown the towel in ninth tenth but i yeah. think that kind of sums up uh, Cheeseman's style he's relentless he's willing to take a shot to give one back but he just wasn't uh, busy enough in the fight he wasn't and it was a recurring theme being caught flush um, one thing that you mentioned specifically was that you weren't that impressed with Garcia you just thought he got through the gears quicker so to speak do you not believe yeah. that his evasiveness could cause someone in the top 10 problems um, I, I definitely think he's a world level fighter I don't think he's quite the the caliber like the uh, the Munguias, uh, the Harrisons, yeah. the uh, Laras. Yeah, I, I don't think he's of that caliber. Uh, but no, there's nothing to say that he can't uh, challenge those guys. I mean, I'm, most likely he will get a world title shot probably next. Um, but I think just the likes of Hurd will be able to neutralize him and uh, yeah, use his range, I suppose. Um, Garcia can do a lot of things to upset fighters. He can do a lot to... Um, you know, put put fires on their on their toes and bring the fire. Um, but I just don't think he does anything superb. Um, he yeah. just does everything uh, solid. And do you think there could be any, from a marketability point of view, do you think that he could spearhead Matchroom's uh, conquest in Spain? Um, yeah, no, definitely. Um, like I touched on there, the Lagaraga guy, um, there's the possibility that he could get a uh, a world title shot, it, shot if he breaks into the rankings. Um, so, yeah, what's to say that they can't uh, grow a stable of fighters from Spain? Yeah, um, yeah. It would be good to, 
it would be good to have the likes of um, Garcia because you have uh, Fowler coming up, you have Fitzgerald, you have all these domestic fighters. Definitely. Um, I, definitely. Like, I think Fowler... I think Fowler touched on it um, after the fight. He said the Cheeseman fight's a bit kind of um, dead now because obviously the, the fashion in which he lost. But like you said, if he wants to win a British title, Cheeseman can drop down. There's no shame in losing at European level at this stage. He can come back down, course, defend yeah, his yeah. belt and be in big fights. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree more with, um, I couldn't agree more with that. Um, and you think that with regards to Ted Cheeseman specifically, that he can't go forward with that Fowler fight anytime soon? Um, I don't think there's as much hype now generated. Um, I think it's, it's, it's definitely an all-British fight that people would, would still like to see, but I just don't think the hype is there anymore. I think it yeah. possibly has uh, diminished a bit from the weekend. But uh, no, but Fowler's got to get through Fitzgerald, and that's not going to be an easy fight. Both obviously yeah. spot each other at DB. Uh, both have respectable pedigree, so that's going to be a good fight. Um, that's probably the fight I'm most looking forward to on the Smith-Eggington card. Likewise, likewise. And you think that um, the Spaniard will be the sort of the acid test that if Anthony Fowler's going to come through, you think that uh, Garcia is the benchmark? No, I think he's going to go on to World Honours. Um, I don't think you do? he's going to wow. wait around for yeah. the lights. Um, if he loses a fight at world level to a Munguia uh, or a Charlo or a Hurd, um, then there's probably he'll stick around European level. But I think he'll probably move on now and try and get into that top uh, 10, top 5 uh, rankings, if I'm being brutally honest. Yeah. Interesting. And what do you make of this weekend's uh, fight? Tank Davis taking on um, Hugo Ruiz. Yeah, I saw uh, Abnamarez suffered a retina injury, so that's quite disappointing um, that that fight didn't happen because that would have been a great fight. I think uh, Mares obviously stepping up from uh, featherweight. Uh, Davis kind of hasn't really been active enough, um, and there's a lot of speculation about whether he's still got the hunger and the desire as a world mm, champion. Yeah. Um, but he's a, he's an immense talent, and I just think um, I hope he hasn't been sidetracked. I know there's kind of um, dispute between the Mayweathers and like his uh, contract uh, obligations and stuff like that but yeah. I think as just a, as if you just look at him as a fighter he's very talented um, and it's, it would be disappointing if he was sidetracked by the fame and the, the money that and the glamour that comes with him um, he's obviously got a very dazzling image um, that he portrays um, in, in the US and they haven't really the US developed that kind of marquee uh, star that markability that kind of we associate with Joshua um, in the UK, so yeah, it'd be yeah. good to see what kind of um, performance he puts on on the weekend. Uh, I don't really know too much about his replacement, so I can't really comment on that. But no, I'd be looking forward yeah, to yeah. seeing him back in the ring. Yeah, I mean, you... his replacement's coming up in weight, um, so really it's kind of a, a tough one for him. Um, he is taller, though, and he's got bigger range, but um, well, um, yeah, he's got taller and bigger range, but I think, um, yeah, it'll definitely be one of those ones where, yeah, he's out to perform. I think with Davis... Um, it's a shame because he kicked on. If you remember after the um, Badu Jack de Gale, he was on the undercard for that and he kind of kicked on and was like, yeah, I'm here. And then nothing. Um, and that was nearly two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because that was yeah. 2017. So, yeah, we're literally talking about two years since Mayweather said, he's a, is he going to be a star? And he said, absolutely. Two years on, he's not produced that. But I do think a lot of it is down to his own... Um, self-discipline or lack of discipline because you know Mayweather wanted him to stay in Vegas he wanted to go out to back home and be around his friends and stuff and I think that's had an impact 
he's had a kid there. So this long layoff and things. Um, he's not yeah. the only one. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> I'm not fighting in the ring. <laughs> but yeah, exactly my point. So, uh, and that's not what makes him ill discipline. Yeah. It's more the drinking, the partying. I mean, you see him with Adrian Broner. So, um, yeah, that 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 yeah. says a lot. Um, but no, um, yeah, Tom, appreciate appreciate your time. So, listen, um, stay online, keep listening, and um, right. once uh, Eubank Junior is on the line, we'll make sure we get um, uh, the calls open. Yeah, no worries. Best of luck, boys. Yeah, cheers, man. Thank you cheers, very man. much. Thanks cheers, man. for thanks. calling. Cheers, thanks. And um, I know you said you didn't um, watch Kovalev fight um, indeed, and you just saw the highlights. But before we go, I want to talk about the Richard Comey fight because that is a proud, proud moment for all Ghanaians around the world. We now have nine world champions coming out of the same area in Ghana. So it's kind of like the equivalent of nine world champions coming out of Lagos, Harrow. Nigeria. Yeah, yeah. No, not even Lagos because Lagos is the city, yeah. but a specific area within that city. So it's like London. And imagine you have nine world champions coming out of like Harrow. Or, or Willsden or whatever. So um, or Essex. so for me, it's massive. It's third to fourth time of trying. He had a wicked fight against uh, Robert Easter Jr., which really he kind of, I would say, was close. It could have been a draw for a rematch. Um, he lost very close points decision. He was the away fighter. Um, but this time around, he was for a vacant belt, uh, IBF belt, fighting Chaniev, Russian, coming in with a high knockout percentage. Um, and honestly, you know, the bell kicked, the bell started and this Chaniev's got like a bit of a, not, not in same some build, but it's like a Golovkin type of shape. Um, and he lands one on, on Komi and you're thinking, fucking hell, this guy's, he looks strong. And he you can bang, see, yeah. yeah, you could see it woke Komi up. And then Komi was like, okay, so then they kind of, it was, honestly, it's probably one of the best fights of the year so far. They start trading. Okay, yeah, I'm being biased, but they start trading a little bit. And they kind of, you can't see who's coming up. And I'm thinking... And Kwame's legs were wide and you're thinking, I was just watching it and obviously I'm backing him up thinking, yeah, yeah. boy, how you can't do this for like the full 12 rounds? And then literally just before the end of the first round, he went bang. bang. And it, it, even it was like, whoa, out of nowhere, like f- flat on his face, I'm um, sorry, on his back um, and got up. Kwame uh, chased him down, but then the bell rang. So yeah, he yeah. got saved by the bell in that sense. Second round came, similar type of thing. Kwame was on him. Knocked him down, ref let him get back up. Knocked him down again, ref let him get back up. And then he just literally was all over him. Like, hands, bees, everything was just... And the ref eventually waved it off. And, yeah, I thought it was a fantastic achievement for somebody that's put a lot into the sport. Um, a lot of people won't know Richard Comey could have been a footballer, but he kind of found a passion and love of uh, boxing. Um, then looked into becoming a kickboxer. Wow. Um, and again, it just happened to be boxing was the one thing he wanted to do. So, yeah, yeah. you know, he's really come through the ranks. Um, I do feel, and this is going to be my bit of note of this, I do think he's been stitched up a little bit because the winner of that fight is going on to fight Lomachenko. Um, now, I think he's got the power to cause Lomachenko power, trouble because we saw that, but it's the timing and the skill set. And that's a different sort of proposition when you're facing someone of Lomachenko's ability. It's a different stratosphere, yeah. Exactly, and your strategy, and it's not that they can't kind of do anything, but it's really going to be tough. So, from my point of view, um, I would say, you know, let's see uh, what his team can do. Hopefully they can maybe negotiate something slightly better, um, and hopefully, um, and I'm saying hopefully, but maybe, you never know, um, they may be able to get a fight in between, but yeah. Outside of that, I thought that was a really good um, performance. Um, the other thing I want to talk about um, on the matchroom card, if we go back to the matchroom card. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll just go back. Let's go to Kovalev. Sorry, I didn't even talk about that. 
Yeah, avenging the loss against uh, Alvarez was something he wasn't able to do against Andre Ward. Mm-hmm. Um, some true. would argue, myself included, no yep. bias, of course, uh, that that was quite undue in that respect. Yep. And there's still a little bit of a life in the tank. There's mm-hmm. still a bit of life left in the tank at age 35 now. Yep. And uh, what uh, caught my eye was that Anthony Yard expressed his interest off the back of that win mm-hmm. in looking at Kovalev. Do you think that's a bit of a premature step or do you think its timing is bit perfect in boxing? Yeah, good question. Um, I would say what we saw on Saturday with Buddy McGirt in Kovalev's trade corner, I think it could be premature. I don't know whether he will still go for that because this is the first time we've seen Kovalev with Buddy and clearly you could see, you know, we all know the power is there, but he really was able to establish his jab he was. and he dominated the fight. It's kind of like the Pacquiao Broner, he just dominated the fight. Alvarez really couldn't have any answers for, for Kovalev, um, even though he knocked him out. You know, he wasn't able to get close and catch a punch, uh, sorry, land a punch um, yeah. to catch him off his guard. For Yard, I don't think he's going to take that fight next. You don't, you think that's just sort of to build up buzz? I think it's, and, yeah. I, if anything, I think it's to get out and it's going to lead into my next point. It's going to get out of fighting Bratzi. Now, we all know Bratzi's been... Uh, fight has been announced. He's going to be fighting uh, Conroy yeah. um, for Just, the British belt. But yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I will go yeah, back yeah. to Kovalev. But yeah, for me, I don't think so. I mean, what do you think? Um, with regards to Boatsy? Yeah, no, um, Yard and Kovalev. Oh, Yard and Kovalev. Um, do you think it's the right time for Yard to fight Kovalev? I think it's funny you drew the parallel with Boatsy because Boatsy is a domestic level fighter yeah. that they're not going near. But Kovalev is a world level fighter. They're more interested in a world level than a domestic because... The world level isn't possible yes. if you can't get through that domestic. And that's not just exclusive to Boatsy. Mm. Callum Johnson is a no-go zone. Yeah. Obviously, Hosea Burton things broke down. Yeah. Fair play. Mm. Uh, Bullioni is out the game yep. completely. And that just leaves uh, Boatsy and maybe our man Craig Richards. Who knows? Yeah, and Who this, knows? This is, yeah, this, and, and that's the thing. I think... As much as you're saying, I think he's now a contender because he is 100. The light heavyweight, British light heavyweight scene, um, it's buzzing. Exactly, it's buzzing. And you could, and there's is a lot of um, uh, there's a lot of uh, how can I say? It? There's a lot of opportunity. The real issue is that the cards that they're in, um, so the cards, the stables that they're with. So you know, if you're either Frank Warren or you know, yeah, it's not even so much the matchmaking; it's the stay. It's the um, it's the stables. How do you say it? it's the Cold War? Yeah, it's a Cold it's War. It's a Cold War, and it's the stables. Yeah. And you know, you look at um, you know, you spoke about uh, sorry, Jose Burton. They couldn't make that that fight. Um, yeah, I think um, that was also a bit of misfortune in that regard with Jose Burton. I don't think it was entirely politics, unless yeah. you feel differently. Um, oh, with, with Yard, yeah, I'm good. I mean, I like Yard. Cool guy. No yeah, issues yeah. with him at all. Um, but I will say I don't think he's in a rush for some of these fights. Yeah. I don't think he's in a rush for some of these fights. That's why I said the Kovalev is rubbish because at best you're going to get knocked out by Kovalev. Maybe because, you know, there's there's levels in a sense of you're not really an amateur boxer. You haven't fought at the highest level, world level. You know, the kind of guys we've seen give um, uh, Kovalev trouble are Olympic amateurs. Ward right. was, yeah, Alvarez yeah. was. So you're kind of saying to yourself, What's Anthony Yard going to really come and do in this mix here? The power, I don't think, is going to be great for him. Um, so I think, yeah, the Jose Burton, I don't think he wants any of those guys. I think he wanted Buglioni. Yeah. Because they could see, you know, you could see. And that's why I think you look at Richards. Richards took Buglioni. And that's history now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, but I think they wanted that. And I think Buglioni didn't want it. But I think Jose Burton, 
the way he lost to Buglioni was obviously very as a last round thing. Yeah. So I think they're confident against the against the yard. And I think unfortunately for Yard, you know, he's a great boxer, but he's just he's like wide. He hasn't had enough amateur pedigree, and I think that he hasn't. Where someone like Buatzi. I mean, got, yeah. I don't even need to say anything. The Olympics and everything is it's, it's self-explanatory. And, he's, and, he's, and, they, and they're, they're massively, massively um, excited over at Sky about Boatsy. Um, Justifiably really, so. Yeah, they yeah. really want to back him. They want him to headline cards. Um, I think they actually want him to headline this card, actually, I think. Um, yeah, wow. the, the, the Cheeseman card. I yeah. think Adam Smith's mentioned that. So, so yeah, so that was interesting. Um, and then we'll go from, go from there. But... Um, yeah, Kovalev, I thought he he, he done his piece. Um, just to quickly go on to the predictions for Gavanta Davis, I mean, I don't see anything other than a Davis win, probably early stoppage. What's your point? Um, I think against Francesco Francisco, he was rocked in the seventh and he mm-hmm. came back to get the stoppage. Mm-hmm. Um, he obviously didn't meet the weight, so that yeah. meant forfeiting the belt. And yeah. that in light with the weight issues, the beef with Mayweather or supposed beef, beef with yeah, Mayweather yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, mentality issues you know that all compounded together it's not like mm. it's one issue yeah you know someone like Javonta Davis has fought once in 2018 from yeah. what they said two years ago to mean. use your quote which yeah, you said yeah, exactly <laughs> you know it's yeah. um you know it doesn't happen by accident it doesn't so. happen so there's a lot happening there so but I think he needs to kick on um you reckon I think he needs to kick on now like, I think he needs to have this fight obviously the Abner Mares was going to be a reasonable challenge for him um some stability no yeah, um, but I think with the Abnerares, I think he's going to have problems because he's got another eye injury and it's the other eye this time. Yeah. Um, so I think that's going to be, you know, you're talking about eye injuries in the world of boxing, like I think you've got to be careful there. Um, Mr. Brook? Um, ooh. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's, but, and he took it off people like Golovkin yeah, yeah. and, uh, and, and Errol. And Spence Jr., yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, so sorry, I've just opened up to Tom, let him... Let, let him uh, but yeah, I think for me... Um, uh, for me, you look at um, oh, sorry, mate, Tom's on mute. Um, I put him on mute. So yeah, I think with Davis, um, I think yeah, his his next fight has to be uh, a farmer or a Loma, I'm saying Lomachenko, but it needs to be somebody that holds a belt, somebody that is dangerous, somebody that is going to get people excited. Yeah. Um, because you've got the right skill set, and it's probably something he needs to kind of challenge himself as well. Um, he was on the. Sorry, no, you don't think he needs some fine tuning before that because that year gap at this stage of his career. Do yeah, you, do you know the you thing can is, do that. I would say yes, and I'll tell you why. Because Abnamares, he was re- he was prepared to fight Abnamares. True. So I from he's only Abnamares that pulled out in the last two weeks. So he's fine tuning himself. Now you're probably right in saying when he fights Ruiz, he's not going to be the ability of Mares, but. Let's let him get through it. Um, I think the one thing is, if if he as a fighter feels it, um, okay, maybe I'm being, you know, putting pressure on him, but I feel that he can get a, a fight, and I think he should be chasing the challenges. I don't think he needs fine tune. Yeah, I don't think he needs to tune up. Um, and I always say, you know, there's other guys that have had one, two fight, come back. He wasn't injury bound, wasn't drugs. It was just weight and laziness. So actually, what was preventing him? It was his own mindset. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's just my opinion anyway. Politics behind the scenes, but. As far as equalizers go, do you feel that someone Javante Davis is twenty three, twenty four? Yeah, he's again that yeah, kind he's of very age. Kind yeah, of yeah, so, yeah. do you think someone that had had twenty five odd fights, age thirty, had mm-hmm. a year not a year layoff, but one fight a year, yeah. they could rely on their experience to sort of be the equalizer, so to speak, against um, ring rust? Whereas someone like Javante, for myself, is very inexperienced at this stage and very young. 
and um you know to catapult into i know what you're saying completely that he has to penetrate the big to penetrate the big time mm-hmm. he has to fight a name yeah. and if not a name for a belt yes yeah and one of the two either way how is ring rust going to be offset with experience is he in a position to neutralize the ring rust with experience i don't mm. think so but you yeah. believe so with ability yeah i think so um you believe and again, the hype um, not the hype. I've seen him fight twice um, yeah. against Walsh, and I saw him fight in Washington DC against the um, when Ash, when Theofame fought Brona. I was at that fight, and I could see he's got the talent. Um, I think he just needs the dedication. Um, I mean, look, we're not talking about, in my opinion, we're not talking about Lomachenko. I think when they were touted him to fight Lomachenko, I thought no, that's way too dangerous. Yeah. Um, but the thing about the Lomachenko fight is that we've seen Linares rock him, of course, and. We saw Pedraza go twelve rounds with him. Yeah. So I'm just saying. I'm not saying he's, like, he's not invincible because he was coming in, stopping guys. Guys were quitting. Yeah. Um, he's already lost, so there's a way to beat him. Um, I'm not saying Davis is doing that, but I think Davis, if he's got the right mindset, I think he could cause a lot of upset. And he's a world champion, and he was what the youngest world champion when he won that yeah. belt at the he time. Was. He was. Yeah. So yeah. you know he's he's there. I I believe in him. Um, I think he's got flaws, of course, but yeah, I think he can. He, he, I mean, I think he needs to go for Tevin Farm. I think that's a ready-made yeah. beef. The problem is going to be the zone, <laughs> because, <Yeah. laughs> and I'm saying the zone only because like they're going to have probably they're going to have a lot of money to put that up. Of course, um, but yeah, um, I think for me that would be the best fight to make, and that would do numbers stateside. Oh, I don't time. think people realize how big that would do, even at this stage of Javante's career. Oh, big time! But one thing you said about the politics behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Javonta felt that Mayweather wanted to get rid of his coach so that he could be seen as the lead role in the camp, so to mm-hmm. speak. Yeah. Do you think that Mayweather should back off and let Javonta take the reins, or do you think it's the other way around? But at the same time, doesn't Javonta have to play ball because it's off Mayweather's... Um, not What's the opposite of stigma? Through the reputation of Mayweather, exactly. yeah. he's using that to catapult himself. Yeah. So he needs Floyd more than Floyd needs him. And but I like do you that. think he's sort of abusing his power to an extent? No, I like by, that because I yeah. think you've answered the question correctly. Um, Don't I, bite so the hand. I, I, yeah. yeah, I think you've answered it yourself. And we've got Craig Richards on the line, so I want to definitely go to him. But I think that's a great question. But I think you said the answer. Yeah. He, Mayweather, Mayweather doesn't need him as much. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. Exactly. And he's, he's an experienced guy. So listen, we're opening up to Craig Richards. Craig, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Not too not bad, too not bad, too man. bad. Congratulations. Exactly. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you. I have, you re- that. have you recovered? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I just uh, finished icing my face. And, uh, no, I'm joking. Yeah. yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm recovered and rested. Nice. So, um, I mean, obviously, we were both there. Um, I don't think you would have noticed either of us, but... You, you had a massive fan base there, so that was fantastic to see. Um, My ears haven't recovered from that. Exactly. I mean, that was crazy. <laughs> that, Big up, man. That, Big up. Honestly, yeah. They really My set fans the scene. are passionate. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, and you yeah. need that um, because that's what you can help. That can help you move forward. Um, but I, I, I'm not going to ask you too much about the camp. But what I do want to ask you is, was the result a surprise for you? Uh, the result? In the way, in the way it happened. Surprise, so. But the... Maybe the intensity of the fight was a shock to me. Yeah. Um, I thought I did think I could have get him out between one to three. Wow. Or it'll be a late stoppage, but I thought maybe um, I would do it in the uh, maybe as he was coming forward and was maybe on a trade or something <laughs> like that. Mm. Um, but I made it as clean and clinical as I could. Mm. Definitely. 
Do you feel, Craig, that when you put him down in the first round, did you feel that you'd matured as a fighter to not jump on him straight away and take your time knowing that you had time to systematically take him down? 100%. As you go on your career more, you become more seasoned automatically. So I kind of, um, it's just natural to not do an obvious thing like jump on him or panic. It's about relaxing and breaking down systematically. It's like um, someone always says to me, it's like a bomb expert um, putting out a bomb. Mm. You, you wouldn't rush it. You, you've got to be careful. You do everything systematically, diffuse the bomb and go home. It's the same thing, really. Yeah. You've got to do it in a way. And we're trained, trained fighters, so that's what it's about. Yeah, and, and I mean, obviously, it's, I say it's, it's, it may not be well documented, but we know you've stepped up from super middle to uh, light heavyweight. How is that? going for you I mean clearly you got the win so the power is transitioning but are you doing anything specific in your training to make sure you keep that power because you you were a powerful puncher at super middleweight as well no I just um I just literally naturally I'm naturally light heavyweight and naturally so, strong um, yeah just, yeah I'm naturally strong too <laughs> no I just I just naturally back up my weight now so I'm just always training very hard mm-hmm. eating the right food and just doing what I'm supposed to do and just building every fight getting stronger and stronger and stronger and um that's what it's about really just yeah. keep capitalizing on it. and it was like the fight is a statement because everyone wanted to know if i was strong enough to light heavy at light mm-hmm. heavyweight stepping up from super middleweight yep. and the fight one of the biggest guys at light heavyweight one of the mm-hmm. biggest punches at, super, at light heavyweight and the dispatch of him and beating power and strength while shows that I'm a natural light heavyweight. Oh, big time. Yeah. And now craig do you feel that that frank buglioni fight was a necessary stepping stone for you to pull off the sign of performance that you did on Saturday. I mean, in terms of your development, do you think that that could have been a long, drawn-out affair if you hadn't had that sort of... Sometimes you need setbacks to push you forward. Do you think that that was necessary? Um, I'm not sure if it was necessary the Buglioni fight to get performances like that, but um, it did obviously make me work on different things. It was like at times if I hurt Buglioni in the fight, maybe I could have jumped on the opportunities as... Mm. Um, maybe certain regrets so it kind of changed the mindset of myself as you notice since the Buglioni fight I've had all my stoppages within three rounds all four fights since Buglioni has not gone past three rounds so it's made me have a different mindset of to get the job done as soon as I can yeah no no definitely and um, I mean obviously looking back on uh, the the knockdown I mean I remember seeing the first round against uh, Jake Ball very I feel it was very cagey you know one of those fights that you're kind of sussing each other out kind of just playing you know, a bit of fencing in the middle just you know not really kind of attacking and I mean you just landed that right from nowhere and then bang I mean did you feel the fight was going to be over then I mean do you give him credit for getting up um yeah, well, how, how did that? How did it come about? Talk us through it. Um, I was watching that before, and I realised it was open for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was something I did plan to throw and seeing how it would respond to it. I did feel like I'd put him down. Didn't know if I'd get him out there or not, or he'd stay down. But I knew I'd hurt him with that shot. That's why the first thing I said when I went to the corner to see as soon as I told you I catch him with that shot. I said it to him the night before um, yeah. that I was going to catch him with that shot. Um, the reason of the fight, he, as you saw probably maybe on social media, maybe you never, he was adamant that he wanted to meet me in the middle. Yes, I saw um, that. See if I'm big enough or strong enough. Yeah. So for me, I came to engage straight away. Mm. Um, he was creeping backwards. Um, as I say, I'm not a novice pro. I'm not going to run in and make errors. I was creeping in to engage. Mm. He yeah. was moving out. Um, the first moment he tra- re- engaged back with me is when I dropped him. Mm. So it, it was a bit cagey because he was... Um, 
being slightly negative. Yeah. Um, and I was pushing the fight. But obviously, first round, you're both still cold. You don't want to make any silly errors. So I couldn't push it fast, but I was still trying to engage. Yeah, no, def- de- definitely. Yeah, and um, I think off the back of Saturday evening, you're uh, most definitely being catapulted into that top four now in the domestic scene. Yeah. Do you believe that that's now a closed chapter? So outside of yourself, Anthony Yard, Josh Buatzi and Callum Johnson, are those the sort of guys that you're going to be wanting to get in the mix with? Or do you feel that you want to sort of go um, and have maybe a tune-up fight just before stepping up to that level? Well, I don't pick my fights. Of course, um, it's always interesting. Everyone wants to know who's the best out of me, Anthony Yard and Joshua Buatzi and Callum Johnson. But... Yeah. It's not for me to dictate of who's my next fight and who I should fight or who I should beat to prove I'm the best. I believe it's one of those situations that I've just got to stay grounded and listen to my management team and see what sort of fights they want to put me on and they think that I'm ready for. As everyone knows, put me in any fight, I'm willing to go as soon as I yeah. get the green light. But I've got to be smart as a fighter and just listen to my team. They've been in the game longer than I have. They know the game better than I have. So it's just for me to listen to the instructions and go when they tell me to. Yeah, no, and I think that's definitely some wise words. I think, you know, you look at the team, you look at the progress. The Buglioni fight was, what, about a year ago? And now you've gone on to the WBA. Um, I mean, yeah, from... well over a year ago. Yeah. And to take it on five days' notice, the, dis- dif- the difficulty of that fight for me is that taking it on five days' notice and not having a camp, I didn't get to display what I was really about. Yeah. Um, Exactly, and that's what I was going to say. So, you know, with the frustration, because we've seen the pressing press conference in the Waynes, we saw your frustrations with Jake Ball like, pulling out of the previous fights. Um, on the actual fight night, were there any frustrations at all? Did you feel like, you know, I'm gonna, I want to punish this guy for, for, for messing me about? Or were you just calm and thought, you know what, this is the time for me to show the UK public what I'm about? It was a, it, for me, I, I took my feelings and emotions out of the fight with Jake and it was all about displaying professional performance. I took my feelings out and just wanted everyone to see finally stuff I've been doing in the gym constantly and what I'm re- my level really is and my talent. I know he was talking in the week down there's levels to this and this is why I was laughing. I knew mm. there was levels to it and I just need to prove to the British public the difference between me and Jake Ball that we wasn't. Yeah. I remember at one point I had a fight and I heard the commentary um, mm. say at one point something like, oh, he'd be a good fight with uh, the likes of Jake Ball and that. And I thought, the likes of Jake Ball, is that the category they're putting me in? And I thought, well, yeah. when we mix, I'm going to have to show I'm not in the category of the likes of Jake Ball. Definitely. I went above that, and that's what I did Saturday night. No, 100%. You definitely did that, Craig. And listen, uh, we're going to move on because we've got another caller coming through. But thank you very much for calling in and give us a bit of time. Um, hopefully, no we get you in the studio in the next few weeks as well when we talk a bit more about yeah. boxing. Definitely, man. Good right. speaking to you guys. Perfect. Well done, right, Craig. Cheers. Fantastic. Bye-bye. 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 Hello. Hello. Hi. Kojo. Hi, Emily. It's Kojo speaking. How are you? Yeah, good thing. Shall I put Chris on the line? Yes, please. You ready? Yeah, we're ready. Yeah, okay. Thank you. All right. He's just finished the file, so it might uh, sound a little noisy, but yeah. No no worries. That's fine. We're patient enough. <laughs> Appreciate your help as well. No, obviously I'm not here. Do you want to see it? Yeah, hello. Hi, Chris. <laughs> How, you doing, How you doing, sir? You well? Right there at the end. No I'm way. in the middle of a training session. I just I just finished sparring ten rounds, so you, you got me at a, a pretty convenient time. I was wow. going to say, are you your freshest, or are you or, or are you tired? <laughs> you full of energy? 
No, I'm not. I just did 10 hard rounds, so I'm actually pretty uh, oh. tired, but I'm feeling good. I'm good, feeling, good, I'm good. in great shape. This is the most focused training camp I've had so in my career, so I'm, I'm, I'm on point. Good. And uh, again, Chris, thanks for joining Raps on TV. Um, we had interviewed you about 18 months ago, and really good, really great feedback from the fans. Um, obviously, we were speaking to you now in preparation for the uh, James DeGale fight. Just want to talk to you quickly. How's camp been so far? It's been going great, man. The, the training, the preparation, the focus, the tailored training camp. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, finally having a, a proper trainer um, working with me day in, day out, 27 days a week. Uh, I'm, I'm really seeing a difference, and I can't wait to, to, you know, to show I can put everything into action in, in, a, in a few weeks' time. Yeah, and I mean, it's well documented. Obviously, you're now working with uh, Nate Vasquez. Um, I just wanted to ask, like, obviously, how's the training going, which you said is great, but why did you decide to work with him and what it, what skill set does he bring to you that you feel he can improve? Um, I, I went over to Vegas over the summer. I spent about two, three months there. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, I watched him train. You know, I, I wasn't actually going out there looking for a trainer. I just uh, I went out there to just do what I always do at Floyd's gym, work out, be around, you know, top level fighters, you know, hang out with Floyd and them. And uh, mm-hmm. I just he caught my eye with, with, the, with the training he was doing with certain fighters in the gym. Um, and so, you know, after a couple of weeks, I was like, you know what, let me try this guy out. So we, uh, we started doing pad work. He started taking me on, on the bags and, you know, just, just talking about boxing in general and, and uh, we just clicked. I, I liked his mindset. I liked his philosophy on the sport. I liked his mentality. And, um, yeah, we, we worked for the whole summer together. Went back to England and I'm flying him out. Now he's living with me. Uh, he's been living with me for a couple of months now. So it's, uh, it's going real good. Good evening, Chris. Um, you've always been the favorite going into all of your fights. Does that fact that the bookies still hold you in such high regard incentivize you going into the fight against James DeGale? Uh, I don't. I don't look at you know betting odds and and people's opinions on who's the better fighter. All I do is focus on the task at hand. You know, being yeah. the best fighter I can be, preparing. Uh, you know, in the most effective fashion. Um, you know, if people say I'm the favourite, then that's great. But I have to go in there and do the job. Yeah, of course, yeah, and that, and that, and that's it. And I think that's what the camp is about. Um, so we're going to go back a little bit and just talk about the the girl. You know, I think our listeners will be very interested to hear the animosity between you and the girl. I mean, it's, it's well documented. There was a sparring session. Um, we've seen the, or we've seen snippets of the face off. Um, so just talk to me. Is the, is this grudge real? Um, and also how was the face off that you guys filmed on the weekend? Do I look like an actor to you? <laughs> well, with the bait, with the jacket, you, you're looking you like Bane a little bit, Chris. <laughs> this, this, this is not a game. Everything, everything about me is real. Yeah. Boxing is, is the realest sport on the planet. You know, I'm not pretending to to uh, to you know to not like this guy. You know, mm. we have a we have a genuine uh, beef, or uh, you know, we, we don't get along, mm. and that's what makes this such a grudge match. It's, it's been going on for years. Mm. We had this fighting session years and years ago when over to his gym in Essex and I beat him up around his gym, ended up getting kicked out of his gym by him and his teammates. Um, and ever since then, every time we've seen each other, it's been, it's been problems. So I'm just happy that we finally get to, uh, to sell things once and for all. You know, he's been ducking and dodging me for years. Mm. So now we finally got the fight. Uh, I'm happy. Yeah. 
and in, and in terms, I appreciate you won't be able to say much because it's due to be documented. But the face-off, can we? What can we expect? Um, intense, a lot of good articulate quotes yeah. from yourself. Listen, I'm. I, you know, I, I I went to primary school, so I know how to talk. Yeah. He, he clearly didn't, and uh, you guys will see that in the interview. The guy is. Uh, you know, and he's, he's comical, man. It's, it's some of the things he says, just the way he acts. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a very entertaining episode. You guys are going to, you know, it's serious, but at the same time, it's funny. He makes it funny. Um, you know, it's two completely opposite characters in a room sitting across the table from each other, mm. you know, talking up, and it's, 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 it's very, and it's real. It's, it's 100% real, so... Uh, It'll be out in a, in a week or so, so you guys will get to see it. Yeah, no, looking forward to that. No, most definitely looking forward to that. So off the basis of um, uh, the fact that there is no love loss between yourself and James, do you believe that James is waiting for that one last payday to sail off into the sunset, or do you feel that that hunger is still there prior to when he won his first title? From your perception? I think he's still hungry. You feel he's still hungry? I, I think he's still hungry. I'm, I'm looking in the man's eyes and, you know, I see he wants to win. Mm. You know, this is no this is no kind of, oh, you know, I'm just going to get some money and and and, uh, and, and quit. This, this guy wants it. Um, That's good. And I think he's the type of fighter that rises to the occasion. You know, mm-hmm. in, his last, in his last couple of fights, he's fought mediocre guys. He probably didn't respect. And uh, and that and that affected his performance. I think he just didn't he just underestimated these guys. With me, he knows I'm a live wire. He knows I'm dangerous. So he's going to be training like a madman for the fight. I expect to see uh, the best James the girl that we've seen in a long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and in, and in terms of, I mean, just going off of that, um, you said obviously you're working with uh, Vasquez now. That you expect to see the best de- um, James the girl. In terms of yourself. Um, you know, is is so far? Do you feel the preparation is the best you've had, and that the world will see the best Chris Eubank Jr. Um, and and that's from I believe. Yeah, I believe this is the most focused, the most tailored, uh, the most professional training camp I've had in my entire career. Mm. I've always been super fit. I've always mm. been super dedicated in all my training camps. But this this training camp is um, it's all tailored to what James Miguel is. I've never really had that before That's interesting. Uh, in, in my career i've just blanketed my training techniques and my training sessions uh, they've been the same to each and every fighter spar whoever you can get uh get super fit go in there and beat the guy up yeah. uh for this fight here we, we're working on strategy we're working on technique we're working on game plan um so i think you guys are going to see a, a whole new chris Eubank jr in a, in a few weeks time yeah and we're looking forward to that and can i just ask in terms of um, you're talking about the focus and the game plan and, you know, preparing for opponents, so to speak. Um, looking at that now, do you feel that you could have done that earlier or do you feel that actually this is the right time to start that preparation, that type of preparation? Everything happens for a reason. I, I don't regret the path I've taken. I've had, you know, how could I? I've had so much success. Mm-hmm. I've had so many great fights, so many great wins. Um so, you know, everything everything happens for a reason. But at this stage in my career, at this level, uh, I believe you can't afford to give your opponent any type of advantage. And, and that's what I've been giving to all of my opponents by not having a trainer. Um, so we're not doing that anymore. Now I have a trainer and now I will prepare effectively for each and every opponent from now on. So, Perfect. Um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm in a good place. Good. Yeah, it's um, interesting how you touched on that your strategy was tailored specifically towards James DeGale for this fight. And do you feel that you're looking to send out a statement, a technical statement to the world, as opposed to the athleticism onus? Um, listen, I've got to go out there and win. By any means necessary. By any means necessary. Physically, mentally, uh, I've got to dominate this guy in every aspect. Um, I have to win. This is this is this is a do or die fight for me in my career. Mm. I can't afford a flat performance, let alone a loss. So uh, I'm treating this like you know this is the most important part of my career. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, Chris. I mean, I think it's great that you've got that mindset. Um, I do think you know, and I think this is 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 a, in my opinion, it's it's a it is a fifty fifty fight. Um, I think you're both coming from different places. Um, I think you could probably say youth and momentum is with yourself, um, but obviously the experience is with the girl, um, and that's what makes it such a, chal- a, a great fight and a great clash to watch, and I'll be there, of course. Um, but just to talk about, um, to go back slightly, um, you know, if you look at your similar opponents in George Groves, um, do you feel that you can take a lot of sort of like points or, or I guess like tactic tactical approach from the fact that mm-hmm. The girl always falls short against the type of fighter like a George Groves. Listen, the girl had a lot of success in his career. Uh, I'm not. I'm not focusing on his past performances. Or I'm focusing on what I need to do to win. Um, you know, I've studied him. Uh, he's a solid, experienced fighter, and I'm, I'm preparing um, to every aspect of the game. So, you guys are going to be in for an epic fight. Yeah, fantastic we look forward to it most definitely we, we, we definitely look forward to that um, and like I said hopefully the rest of camp goes uh, fantastically well um, look forward to seeing you down there on, on fight weekend at the weigh-in um, and like I just want to say thank you for your time uh, today Chris and honestly just want to wish you all the best um, I know you've had a hard 10, 10 round session so we won't keep you for too long but yeah just to say thank you very much for your time and uh Wish you all the best. Um, and we, we are looking to do that uh, merchandise competition, but I'll, I'll be in touch with Emily on about that. Okay, guys. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. No Catch you. Cheers. Thanks. Chris. Thanks, Dick. Chris. Bye-bye. Bye. So I think you could no, can't say fairer than that. Um, yeah. I think he came in, uh, really performed he's, well, in terms of giving us his explanation. Seems like he's training fantastically hard. It seems like a very different Chris Eubank. Yeah, I was going to say the aura, right? It seems quite it's yeah. very different. I think that's a good thing. I think it's good that he's now a bit more yeah. tailored. I think it's great that he's got a bit of energy as well. I felt he's always interviewed quite well, but I felt at this particular moment, I felt that, yep, he's, he sounds like a lot more positive. The hunger um, is definitely but there. But this Vasquez yeah. is going to be a bit of an unknown for, for De Gale because now you're talking about a guy that you can't really plan for. You know, you're talking about a guy that's going to be looking at your weaknesses. He's got a trainer that is going to be looking at your weaknesses. So, yeah, I mean, just still makes for such a really, really intriguing fight. Um, and in- I look forward to it. It's interesting if we flip that um, If we flip that onto the other side of the coin, if mm-hmm. DeGale has modified his game plan specifically for Junior. Yeah. Or is that, or is DeGale just going going to go in as a flat rate approach? It's difficult, it's difficult it's to difficult. predict. And, and I do think the age of DeGale might potentially be an it option. Could catch up with him. That's yeah. just my personal opinion, but there's no no facts on that. So, yeah. so guys, listen, we're going to wrap up for today, but I appreciate all of the support as per usual. Um, we're back next week. Don't forget to check us out on Raps on TV, social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. 
Don't forget to check out this live interview with Chris Eubank Jr. Um, it's been great. Um, we had Craig Richards on the show as well. And we've got some news for you during the week for our guest next week. So, guys, we're out. Graffy? Thanks for tuning in, guys. Look forward to seeing you next week. Cheers.